April the 23rd is a famous day. For one, it's Shakespeare's birthday. For another, it's St. George's Day. So if you're English, April the 23rd is a famous day. But thousands of miles west of England, April the 23rd, 1985, was a momentous, historic, even world-changing day for a less joyous reason. Not a day of celebration, but of dismay. Not of glory, but of ugliness. Not of jubilation, but of catastrophe. April the 23rd, 1985. If you were alive that day, what were you doing? Where were you enjoying that beautiful spring morning? What daffodils were you picking? What blossoms were you sniffing? What birdsong were you enjoying? I hope you were oblivious to the pain caused by that day. I hope the agony did not trouble you or the despair come near your door because April the 23rd, 1985 will long live in the archives of infamy. They say it was Roberto Goizueta's fault. It was he, they insisted, who unleashed this new horror onto an undeserving world. How could he do it? Why would he do it? Was it the money? Was it the power? Was it the greedy human impulse to brook no rivals, to crush all opponents? I don't know. But one thing is certain. On April the 23rd, 1985, when Roberto Goizueta, the CEO of the Coca-Cola company, sipped a glass of new Coke at its launch, it heralded the end of the world for a legion of fans of the real thing. (laughs) The company received over 400,000 calls and letters including one to Goizueta that was addressed to the chief dodo, the Coca-Cola company. Another letter asked for his autograph as the signature of, quote, one of the dumbest executives in American business history. The company hotline received over 1,500 calls a day. Coke hired a psychiatrist to listen in on these calls, and after after monitoring a few, uh, the shrinks reported that some callers were exhibiting a level of grief they'd usually associate with the death of a close family member. According to Wikipedia, many Southerners who uh, considered Coke a vital part of their regional identity viewed the change of formula through the lens of the Civil War as of some insulting gesture by the Yankees. (laughs) Even Fidel Castro, apparently a lifelong fan, called New Coke a sign of American capitalist decadence. Oh, the tragic choices that people make. Somewhere, at some ancient church council lost in the mists of time, some dynamic church leader suggested naming today Palm Sunday. But rather like Coke's new recipe in 1985, I think they made a mistake. They picked the wrong name. We're familiar with the story, aren't we? 
Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. It's one of the few events in the life of Jesus that are recorded by all four gospel writers. But one detail you may not notice, unless you're watching for it, is that Mark does not mention people waving palm branches. It's not there. And get this, none of the gospel writers mention the crowds waving palms. Two mention people waving branches, but neither of them specify that these were from palm trees. So I reckon this isn't Palm Sunday at all. No, today is Coat Sunday. Say it a few times and it won't seem so silly. Coat Sunday. It's Coat Sunday. Happy Coat Sunday. Coat Sunday, the beginning of Holy Week. Because instead of waving palms as Jesus approached, Mark tells us that people lay their coats on the ground for the donkey bearing Jesus to walk over. Just think, if the early church had called this Coat Sunday this morning, you would not now be holding little palms, you would be holding little coats. I tell you to take your little coat home with you and magnet it to the fridge. And next year, on Ash Wednesday, we could burn your little coat and I'd smear the smouldering polyester on your forehead. (laughs) I think we need to do this, because what does a palm symbolise anyway? When people cut branches off trees and waved them, what did it cost? What did they lose? How did they suffer? We can all cut branches off trees and wave them. It's no big deal. There's no great offering. It calls for no real sacrifice. But chopping branches and waving palms is not the same as removing your coat and laying it down. I remember when I was very young reading a children's storybook with simple text but eloquent pictures. I remember one story in particular, I forget its name, and actually I recall nothing about it except for one picture. A well-dressed young man from several centuries ago with a feathered hat, buckled shoes and a velvet cloak was out walking with an equally well-dressed young woman. This was an elegant image of courtly love and completely nauseating to a five-year-old boy, which is probably why I remember it. Now, as the courting couple made their sickening way down some country lane, they approached a large puddle in the middle of the road. And just as every five-year-old boy was wishing they would both step into it and disappear forever, the gentleman took off his velvet cloak and laid it over the puddle for the lady, reeking of privilege, to step on. And they told us that this was what chivalrous young Englishmen did. I just thought it was a shocking waste of money. But then, if the dude had the poor taste to wear a velvet cloak, he probably deserved it. (laughs) And that's the point of laying down your coat, isn't it? It's a lofty act of sacrifice, an offering that truly costs. Don't forget who's going to step on your coat. 
Not a fragrant English lady, but a dirty, smelly donkey. It's one thing to wave a branch, it's another to lay your coat. When you lay down your coat, you will end your reliance on material security. When you lay down your coat, you will lower your defences, you will remove your protection, you will shed your facade. When you lay down your coat, you will stand in your vulnerable skin and open yourself to the loving gaze of God. When you lay down your coat, you will identify with those who have no coat because life has left them coatless. When you lay down your coat, you will have flesh in the game. The solemn but resolute plod towards the city. The place of conflict, the place of betrayal, the place of injustice will be the journey you too will make this Holy Week. When you lay down your coat, you will also lay down your life like the king on the back of the beast. But like the sovereign on the donkey, when you lay down your life, you will pick it up again, new, transformed and glorious on Easter morning. It will be easier this Holy Week to wave a branch It asks for nothing, it costs you nothing. Waving a branch is a happy thing, like flapping a streamer at a New Year's Eve party, like flying a flag on a national holiday, like brandishing your bingo card when you have a full house. It will be easier this Holy Week to wave a branch, because that is what you're expected to do. When the rider dismounts and on Monday strides into the temple to pray, only to encounter money changers and livestock sellers, we will feel the urge to keep our heads down. We will know the pull to ignore the injustice, turn away from the blasphemy, tolerate the idolatry. They will tell you to wave a branch. On Tuesday, when the rider crosses swords with corrupt religious leaders who try to trick him and trap him, they will tell you to retreat, keep silent, look at the floor. They will tell you to wave a branch. On Thursday, when they come to arrest the rider, they will look too at you and they will tell you to run, to hide, to save your soul. They will tell you to wave a branch. And on Friday, when they haul the rider before a kangaroo court on trumped-up charges, when they strip him, whip him, and leave him half dead, when they nail his hands and feet and watch him die, they will tell you he was deluded. They will tell you he was misled. They will tell you to be on your way and forget him. They will tell you it's a good job you hadn't laid down your coat last Sunday. It's good you weren't committed. Good you weren't invested. They will congratulate you on waving a branch. And on Sunday, when the tomb of the rider is empty, 
when the women are saying they've seen him, when he stands before you and smiles, you will rejoice that you did not merely wave a branch like you were watching Macy's parade. You took off your coat, you laid it in front of a donkey, you followed all the way to a cross, and now you live in the joy of the risen sovereign. You see, coats in Bible times were more than just the outer layer of clothing. If you were homeless, your coat was your most treasured possession, a sacrament of safety, serenity, security. It was the blanket that kept you warm at night and the sofa you sat on in the day. It was your wallet. Its seams and folds would hide your cash. Your coat was your whole life. It housed your identity. It saved your dignity and preserved your modesty. Now do you see why this is Coat Sunday? This changes everything. Coat Sunday challenges us in a way that Palm Sunday does not. Instead of bystanders, we are participants. Instead of uninvested observers, uncommitted onlookers, fickle fans, we live this drama. The hooves trample on our ambivalence and our courage rises with the dust. We hear the call, we lay down our coats, we follow the rider all the way to the cross. What is the symbol of your security? That thing you have always trusted in. That object that gives you happiness, safety, comfort. Yes, that represents your very life. Today is the day to lay it down. To be trampled by donkeys. And that man on the beast. Soon he's dismounting. When the procession is over, he's going about his father's business in the city he loves. He'll throw tables, argue, challenge, rebuke. He'll suffer betrayal, injustice, physical torture and mental anguish. He'll be assassinated by a coalition of the chilling. Time to take out that bumper sticker, the one that says, I'm with him, and go. What will you do this Holy Week? Wave a branch or lay a coat? One is easy, the other formidable. One is free, the other is costly. One disappears when the froth dies away, the other persists through conflict and cross. In theory, we have a choice, don't we? (laughs) But we don't really. Because we've been this way before, and we know that without laying down our coats, we cannot take up our lives. The love of God compels us once more. No cross, no resurrection. God's Spirit tells us, lay down your coat, lay down your life, and then, in seven days, let that man born by a donkey pick it up, dust it off, and hand it back to you, new, clean, no mud, no hooves, but light and bright. Turns out the real thing needs no new recipe. The old truths are still the same. The way up is the way down. The way to life 
is the way to death and the road to God is covered with coats. Amen.